0: Happy President's Day. Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at Fat underscore Lobster. And I am joined by two guys uh, who just finished their own dunk contest.
1: What's oh. up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It was sort of a bob and weave there. I was waiting for like a four scores and seven beers ago reference or something for President's Day. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I don't want to get too political too early. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to start that too early. Uh, I'm Gene Zilek.
2: You can find me at Producer Gene. And I always go with a two-handed slam.
0: Yeah, it, it's timeless.
2: And usually when involved in dunk contests, I'm the one that is standing underneath the basket for the taller, more athletic people to jump over. You're the prop. That's generally what I, the, the the thing that I do in dunk contests.
0: Yeah. That's good. Um, but guys, we have to start with the buzz this week is all about Bryce Harper. Where is Bryce Harper going to side? Bryce Harper. The deal with the Phillies is imminent. We're, we're rounding third base. We're in late state. Like, what is going on with this?
1: I don't even know. Thought. I don't even know. It's. Bryce Harper, it's imminent. We're rounding third, and then, like, is this a uh, like a throwdown between third and home? Like, if you're rounding third, we should have scored by now. Like, you know, it, it he is a hundred percent going to the Phils unless he goes to one of the three other teams. He's still talking to. You know, it's.
0: I just saw another. I just saw another tweet today that basically said. Yeah, but uh, Bryce Harper is still talking to other teams, and the Phillies are still talking to uh, Machado. Manny Machado, yeah. There are options open, and we may not find out anything until March. Although everyone's expecting this to to happen tomorrow, so here's the tea leaves right now, as they are as they are laid out for me. One, a private jet flew from Las Vegas to Clearwater today. I don't know. It say, I, could just
2: be a really rich guy. <laughs> yeah. It
0: could be someone who just lives there. I, like, who knows? Could be a Scientologist. Two, I'm hearing that the uh, Philadelphia Phillies uh, sales team normally has off on President's Day. They're being required to work.
2: Could just mean that they aren't selling very many season tickets.
0: Well, or they are selling a lot of season tickets because I know the home opener sold out uh, rather quickly because I forgot single game tickets went on sale and I went on later on in the day and, and they were sold out unless you buy like a six game package. Um, so, and so all right. So are we, where are you at? Are you, so there's, I, I feel like there's two camps right now. There's the, the where there's smoke, there's fire camp. Um, and then there's also the, I'll believe it when I see it
1: group i i have said that i'm i'll believe it when i see it that's not true um <laughs> i i look at every tea leaf every rolling of the bones every every form of divination to figure out is bryce harper coming here i am on pins and needles and waiting for it um i'm fed up i'm fed up with you know particularly john hayman who was gonna be my penalty box, but now seems relevant to our conversation, you know, amongst others. But this dude just. Yeah, reports, but that dude's
0: excessive.
1: He reports every little bit of information he has. And I'm not saying that any of it's not factually correct. It's just, you know, here's one from today. As things heat up, here Harper is talking to other teams beyond Philly, and Philly is still talking to both Harper and Machado. Feels like Harper, Philly Harper is the most likely match at this point, though. Oh, sorry. That's not even the one I meant to. That's just some other bullshit. This is, this is the one I actually meant to. That was actually from January 3rd. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they are evergreen tweets at this point. Things are heating up with Harper. Uh, intensified is the word I heard. Phillies are the favorite. But word remains that nothing is done yet. Will be a long-term deal. Real quick. Nothing is done yet, but it's definitely going to be a long-term deal. I don't know. It's it, it's irritating. It's frustrating. You know, isn't it somebody's job to sort of, you know, uh, you know, curate this information. You know, go through it, find the stuff that's worth passing on, and not just every little nugget they get. So. I feel like we have to play detective, that we have to go, you know, the the overarching theme is Harper to Philly, and it really is ramping up, so it does feel like something's going to happen, something's going to happen soon, you know, unless, of course, he goes to the Padres, you know? Well,
0: and now it's just like the entire MLB is trolling anybody who is, I just saw a tweet that said... What the Mariners just finalized a 10 year 340 million deal with Bryce Harper? Like, come on, that's
1: <laughs> not true. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he'd have to get like three of those deals to go to the Mariners. I
0: like it though. I mean, like, I think it's fun to follow this stuff and to say, like, oh, you know, oh, there's a jet, uh, you know, booked and. You know, I think it's fun rather than just you know finding out or just see a press release that says, "Oh, we got him," and it's like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, <laughs> so I enjoy it. I do think it's it's now it's now at the point where, okay, pitchers and catchers full team workouts are um, tomorrow, and then we actually have a spring training game on Friday. Uh, so. You know, I'd like to know what players we have. I think it'll help the help the coaching staff a little bit to just know who's going to be on the team at this point. Um, but regardless, it's like I don't know. I don't know how much that would practically change things uh, down there as far as what, you know, how you approach going into spring training. But I just think it'd be nice just to get everyone together and have a team when spring training starts. Here's the thing that's
2: interesting to me. Uh, part of this is, this is maybe our foray into the real uh, mess that is new media, to a certain degree. I think that Philadelphia has always kind of prided itself as being kind of like an old media um, place, to a certain degree. We've kind of held on to our ideas that we we trust certain sources, and you know we don't get tied up in these kind of like national media frenzies but i feel like we've gotten caught up outside of our comfort zone in this particular case usually this has been kind of a, a strange thing also because it seems like all of the free agents that are kind of in the market there is i keep hearing the number there's 100 free agents still available in in, in major league baseball obviously other teams need to bring people in and are not looking to sign these two players. There's teams like Europe Mariners, for example, but there's other teams in the league that that, that could be signing these other players. Why aren't they coming off the market? Why is th- everything feel like it's kind of on at a standstill, which I think is odd. Um, back to the whole new media thing, we've, we've gotten to the, into this zone where it's all about, like, let's hop on first. And more more than any other thing, the reality of that there are certain corners of the Twitterverse that are out there that's just like, I'm just going to put a whole bunch of spaghetti on the wall, and then I'll delete the spaghetti that doesn't stick, so then I'll look like I know something. There's, there's people that are putting out every day, uh, I feel like Harper's going to sign today. So, eventually he's he's somebody's going <laughs> to right, be right and th- and they'll be like look you know because what's the first thing you see when you start to read these threads that go deeper than twitter it's like oh this is so and so he broke such and such a deal before anybody else well yeah but maybe you know if he had said 50 things that day and only one of them came true uh, is he actually a reliable source so you know it's one of those things where what I like as as, as, as kind of like what you were saying, Dave, what I enjoy is kind of following these little, these little threads, Uh, you know, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't really get me going anymore to have somebody say like, he's rounding third. That literally means nothing because, and somebody did this math. If, If the, by using that analogy, uh, You know and and certain amount of days was from home to first (laughs) and a certain amount of days is from first to second and a certain amount of second to third he's gonna sign somewhere around March 29th using that that math so you know it doesn't actually mean anything. I don't know if we're using the meatloaf version of, of of you know, stop right there. Do you, will you love me forever? You know, at any point, somebody could, you know, Bryce Harper could just be like, you know, put your hands where I can see them. You know, I need to know that you'll love me forever. You know, that's... that's or at least t- 10 years. Right, exactly. At least 10 years. You know, put a ring on it, for God's sake. So this particular weekend has been insanity because i spent a lot of time with my extended family and we were we were all talking you know hey you know what do we what do we think what's going to happen so you, i got to get exposed outside of my little bubble which is the three of us um <laughs> <laughs> So you know, it was interesting for for me to, to to talk to you know like my uncles who I don't I don't see on a on a daily basis, and to kind of get their sense of like, is Bryce Harper even any good? Uh, I wish we would get somebody like Jimmy Fox. Well, well, he's dead, so you know he's he's not coming. So, but you know, I don't like hey, the wait, way Jamie Fox is dead. <laughs> Jimmy Fox, the 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 Boston Red Sox, um, but. They said stuff like, you know, I don't like the way he carries himself with that sleeve. Like, you know, like there's a certain I think with Bryce Harper, maybe than any other player, um, there is a certain swagger that comes with him that I don't know if he's going to appeal to uh, every corner of the Philly fandom. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does sign how that's going to go over. If if this layoff has has had any damage to the, you know, the 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 idea of how he's going to be ingratiated. But the one thing that I think is a positive that I think was was really interesting this weekend was I did see a lot of back and forth on social media between him and and Reese Hoskins. And I feel like those two might genuinely be friends, which if he does come here, Reese Hoskins has been kind of the face of the franchise other than Aaron Nola for the last couple of seasons. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they don't kind of become like a like a tandem or a power tandem. And I don't know. It, it's There's a lot of things let, left to fall. It would be interesting to me if he goes to someplace like San Francisco or San Diego to see how the Phillies react to that. Do they just go crazy with Machado? Do they offer him exactly $5 more than whatever Harper's contract is? Is it a cat and mouse game between Machado and Harper that we're really in the middle of that, you know, Harper wants Machado to sign so that he can ask for $5 more than Machado? Is, is that what we're really dealing with? Does it have nothing to do with the Phillies? And from what Heyman and stuff says, is the, are the Phillies actually calling him every day to being like, hey, Bryce, did you make a decision today? No? Okay, I'll call you back tomorrow. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that what is happening? Because like, that's what it sounds like. They're, the Phillies are still talking. How much can they have to say to each other at this point? They you have think- to have said
0: everything. Are, are you guys of the mind that we should at this point say final offer here's the, we need to buy take it or leave it we're done with this
2: like the regis philbin thing is that your final answer kind of situation? yeah we need to,
0: we need to make a decision if we need to go um like whole hog for machado or um you know or if you're going to be if you're going to be on this ride with us like here it is 10 years 310 million let us know by Monday at noon or it's off the table and you're done.
2: I don't know what bet who benefits from that. Like what, who,
0: who wins there? Like, oh, I guess the fans do. And it, the team does too, because I mean, like, here's the question. How long um, can this go? And it not like, how do you get the team in a headspace that says, okay, we're, we're good enough now as we are to contend We don't need this guy. Or do you start this message now?
1: I I think you start the message now because that that window you're talking about, Dave, for me, it's only like another week. I mean, when you get really into March, that's it. This is, you are building to something. You are building to the slog of the season. And if you have this you know, Harper Machado cat and mouse thing going on. It's a distraction. It's, it doesn't help you plan and it it can be there for a bit, but it, the closer you get to opening day, the closer you get to leaving Florida and this is still an issue. It, it, it becomes a big issue. So I, I would say, I'm not for an ultimatum. I'm all for the Phillies getting giving it. I'm not for them meaning it. I mean, <laughs> you know, they can say, this is our final offer, and then if Bryce says no and nobody's biting a week later, it goes, eh, about that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. But, it, you know, at some point you have to start preparing for the season and, and knowing what you have. So I think, I don't know, seven, ten days before this becomes something that's a that's a detriment to the team
0: um another tweet that i saw was from david uh samson uh from cbs and he's all but confirming that it's 10 years 310 million to the phillies um let's just for all intents and purposes say that that is the deal and that that is going to be announced on monday um how do we feel about that is that is that (laughs) too much not my money i don't care. Uh, where are we going to be 10 years from now when, you know, my kids are in college and uh, (laughs) we're turning 50? um, Oh, no. (laughs) And Bryce Harper's still on the team. Like, uh, what do you think about that deal? Is that a good deal?
1: Well, why'd you have to throw the existential crisis (laughs) into it? (laughs) Like, 10 years from now, you're turning 50, Bryce Harper's still on the team. You're wondering what happened to your youth. You only have like eight years
0: left on your mortgage. I don't know. You (laughs) want to put a
1: positive spin on it? Fine. Um, I I, I think it's the cost of doing business. You know, it's, you know, it is not our money. Um, In this new media day and age, you know, sports still seem to be um, a, a great revenue source in television, even though that dried up a little. But it's still, you know, a reliable source of revenue this is you know record-breaking money up until the point it isn't so yeah sign him to whatever he wants if we get five great years and five horrible ones i'll take it
2: well the thing that uh I, the insanity of of that kind of money like the fact that there's even some sort of haggle like if somebody aff- offered me two percent of that obviously i'm set for life so i mean this is <laughs> this is the kind of money that sets people for generations um on a, 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 as a total aside, I don't think Bryce Harper. I don't. I don't know that we as a, a nation should be comfortable with a man like that having that kind of money with his personality. <laughs> but that's wait, a wait, real
1: quick, if we're doing that tangent, I did love the in you're a little diatribe from earlier gene like there's a percentage of the fan base who's just not going to get on board with somebody with bryce harper's attitude and i'm like gene you're describing yourself but well, you were on such a roll, i didn't want to interrupt okay all right i admit it i am not his biggest fan and i have enjoyed
2: mostly hating him his entire career so there's a certain amount of me that's going to lose that it's the same thing like like if all of a sudden michael irvin had played played wide receiver for the eagles there would be always be a certain me that's going to be like you were always a cowboy um but I, I get it. I, I I this is a guy that won an MVP of the National League before he was twenty five. So I mean, obviously there's there's a lot going on that uh, he's going to bring a lot to the team. I, the idea of having putting him in the lineup that is already constructed uh, makes me salivate. Like the idea of of his on base percentage alone on uh, you know at, in the three hole of this lineup makes me makes me really excited for the kind of offensive baseball that we could see. So uh, in that way, I, I'm excited, but. Let's think back to like the A-Rod deal, which is really the only thing you can possibly uh, uh, compare it to. He didn't finish out in, in Texas. There is always a way in baseball, if you're smart and savvy enough and know when you can move a, 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 a piece uh, before you're you're bankrupt on it, that's the mistake that the, the Phillies made uh, after the 08 series is they started playing pe- – Pay- paying players that were on the down slope of their career. They were p- rewarding them for their accomplishments after the fact instead of front-loading things so that they were paying them as they were in their peak. Uh, the reason why that's important is because that's the difference between dynasties and teams that are one and done. Because now, once you've, you've, you've paid all of these people like as a reward, well, you don't have any way to, to restock your your system, reload the cannon. So uh, what I'm hoping is that they're finally kind of taking this approach where they're going to get a guy who is on the upswing, who they're going to build around. And, you know, that, that could be a good thing. And I don't care whether it's Harper or Machado because, honestly, to me, both of them have personality issues that I'm I'm not super psyched about. But this is where we're at. They're unquestionably talented baseball players and, and offensive forces, so I would love to see either one of them come in and, and play in the three,
0: they're, you know, hit third in this lineup. All right, so, uh, so it'll, it's going to be awesome tomorrow on President's Day. Bryce Harper signs, or I guess I should say today because this is when the episode releases. Um uh, the Bryce Harper announces he signs with the Phillies and really just uh stick it to the Nats on President's Day.
1: <laughs> I didn't put that together. <laughs>
0: I think that'll be a uh, I think that'll be a fun a fun one. So I don't know. Let's hope it happens. Um let's move on, shall we? You wanna talk to talk some flyers? Sure. Let's talk some flyers. Let's talk. Let's start with this. They're ten. What are they? Eight, one, and one in the last ten games. Right? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes. I went to the one
1: and the one. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't go to any more flyers games. Well, sorry, I got
0: one more in the uh, one more in the chamber. (laughs) Which game?
1: Oh, the Saturday series game, game. game. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we lose outdoor games anyway, so we might as well enjoy it. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh what's going on, with the team Chuck? Um, it was a successful week that didn't feel like it, you know? We, we didn't gain ground, right? Too much. No, we didn't gain well. We didn't gain any ground on the Penguins. Uh, We didn't gain any ground on the Hurricanes. We did gain ground on the Sabres uh, Sabres and uh, Columbus and uh, the Canadians. So now both Columbus and Montreal have games in hand on us. I think Buffalo as well. But I don't really care about that at this point in the season but that opens up three playoff spots not just the one so if both wild cards are in play and the third place in the metro is in play that gives us a lot more flexibility now there's a lot more teams fighting for all those positions but we don't have to worry of this being a race to the end between us and the hurricanes who are also playing really well i think um I, I don't know what today's results do to it, but they were only like like one point off our pace. In 10 games, I think they got 16 points and we got 17. So they're a very hot team as well.
2: If we're playing this well and the Hurricanes are playing this well, there's got to be people playing badly who are not the Mighty Ducks.
1: <laughs> um, there are. And it, it comes down to uh, Pittsburgh has not been – Great. They've been mediocre. Buffalo has been mediocre. Um, Columbus, I think, has been slightly better than that. I, I don't have the information in front of me, but you know they've been they haven't been astounding. So, um, it, the Hurricanes are a big thing to be concerned about. Now, coming up from behind, we have to worry about the Panthers as well. The Panthers have been very hot. We're going to face them next week, I believe, and. Yeah, you know, so there's somebody coming up on the tail. It's just the amount of teams in the mix. So that, you know, we're gonna cool off eventually. Let's just hope not too much. But if we cool off and the Penguins go on a eight game run of their own, is that it? Is that the season? It might be. So it's it's a tough position to be in, but you know, we're right there in the mix. It's it's yeah. a it's a I tough mean- group for everybody
0: no one's been lighting it up. So in the last 10, Columbus has been 5 and 5, Pittsburgh has been 5 4 and 1, Montreal has been 4 4 and 2,
1: and Buffalo has been 4 5 and 1. So yeah, and so it's just the the Flyers and the Hurricanes who've been really yep. lighting it up. So yeah. I
2: mean, essentially are the pl- are the Flyers kind of already in playoff mode? Are they approaching every game as if like it's it's points they have to have? Uh you know, they if their foot's not on the gas at any point between now and the end of the year, they're they're basically fried. They they can't afford like a three game loss, uh you know, a three game stretch where they, they don't get points.
1: Ooh, those are two separate questions. Um so let's go yeah, they can't afford a three game stretch without points unless it's, you know, bookended by two eight game stretches of <laughs> you know, sixteen points apiece. But the coming out in playoff mode, you know, just going on all gears every night, I think it's a good thing that that hasn't been the case in the tail end of the point streak. Um, we had some clunkers in there. Carter Hart really came and stepped up and and got us some points. And then the Pittsburgh game, which we'll talk about, um, happened. But, you know, we came out. Slow against the Wild, which shouldn't have been that big a surprise. But we came out slow against them, and we rallied to win. Um, we came out to to fight against uh, the Red Wings, and then let our guard down. And then today's game, you know, back to back, after a long emotional week, and eh, not the greatest effort, but we managed to win it. If we can manage to win it and still, you know, step up. Uh, against, you know, solid opponents step up and have a really great game here or there, then I think, yeah, we will be ready for the playoffs. But, you know, we can't we can't be playing playoff games for two months. We have to win ugly games and we've been winning ugly games, which is a big difference from the the start of the season.
2: Is that because is that really indicative of having a goaltender you can count on? where you feel like, to a certain degree, there's going to be places where just because that guy in between the pipes is steady and not going to uh, completely implode, uh, you know, you're going to be in more games. I feel like at the beginning of the year there were nights where even if the Flyers had come out hot, uh, you know, we were just giving up such soft goals, it, did, it didn't really matter. We were going to we were gonna be giving up four and five goals a night anyway. Uh, so I, I don't know if this affects the mentality of the team, but I know— when I watch a game and I see Carter Hart in between the pipes, even though he's had some games that he was not on his A game lately, uh, and, and we all knew that that was going to happen. But I still feel much more confident because his mentality and his demeanor is so much better than like any goaltender we've had maybe in a generation. Like He really has got that calming presence, at least for me watching the game, to know that if he's confident, I can feel confident.
1: No, I, I think it's a great point, Gene. And I think it does uh, affect the mentality of the team. And it, there's this thing out there, especially amongst the, you know, advanced stat community that wants to treat players as if there's something other than people that they're the, uh, they're they've removed themselves so much from the emotion of the game that they can just go out there and be these professional athletes. For Gabe I, Kapler. Yeah. Gabe Kapler. And I think, I think, The players react just like the fans do. You know, when you see when you're playing your ass off and going, all right, we're up one nothing, you know, but we we are fighting against a great goalie and it could be four nothing. And then, you know, Michael Neuvert, you know, lets in the softy from center ice, and then you're like, Well, fuck. Well, what was even the damn point? You know? And (laughs) The other team goes, hey, we got a fluky goal. Let's throw one on net. And they get another one. And it's 2-1, but you feel like you're down 20 to nothing. You know, I think that's a real thing. I think you see it all the time in the style of play. And I think the inverse is true. And I think you're seeing it with Carter Hart. I think they go, this kid will bail us out. This kid will make a stop. If we're down 3 to nothing, well he can probably hold us at three to nothing. We just need to make three more goals back. And, you know, he has had shaky games. Um, the, the Detroit game yesterday, that third period was not, was not great. was not good, you know, and he's letting up bigger rebounds than he has in the last few games. He's he's let up huge rebounds, but you know, he, he was a deciding factor in today's game. I don't think they win if, you have a different goalie in that. So no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Gene. I think, you know, a competent goalie, uh, a great goalie really does affect the team's mentality. I think also we, we can't uh, diminish the contributions of uh, Ivan Provorov playing back up to the number one future NARS winner that he is. Uh, can we
0: talk about trade deadline stuff? Uh, I have some questions. Um, Well, we acquired our, uh, what, 38th goalie of the season?
1: (laughs) He's over 30, and he's the 8th goalie of the season, but he's not the 38th goalie
0: of the season. Okay, semantics. (laughs) Um, What is the purpose of this move? Um, Other than to, like, help Carter Hart and his comfortability and development, because he has a relationship with Cam Talbot. Is that
1: right? He he does. They, They... Um, I think I've known each other for like past two off seasons uh I don't know where Talbot spent his off seasons, but he's out in Edmonton and uh with the everett silvertips um uh, uh Hart was off on the west coast as well but I think the reason we brought him in was to get the get record. To... <laughs> part of me thinks yes, but um, no, I really think it's. You know, Edmonton had a need. We weren't going to get Stoley the starts he needed to have him be an RFA. And it was like, hey, we'll take your problem and get that salary out there for a, you know, a preview period to see if we want to sign this guy as an unrestricted free agent or to, you know, butter him up to take less money uh, in the offseason to be a backup. And he—he's not the guy I was screaming for. I wanted Keith Kincaid out of the Devils. Okay, he's a little bit younger. I think we can get him a little bit cheaper. I think he's a little more of a true backup. But if—if if Cam Talbot can come in here as a veteran, you know, number two, and with the ability, you know, to to carry the team if—if if Hart's struggling at points, that's great, and we get a. a test period and hopefully he signs a nice 3 year 3 million a year deal and and we have our our goalie tandem set for the next 3 years. And if that happens, I am pretty comfortable with uh, Cam Talbot. Um and uh Ghost, we're tra-
0: <sighs> where did this like where did this rumor come around that we're trading
1: Ghost? or ghosts needed to be traded. Yeah, this has gained a lot of steam really quickly. And, you know, some of it was really looking for a story. And uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, his name has come up uh, several times on this podcast, but he had alluded to things on Twitter and actually put, like, pen to paper today about it of, you know, people in the organization expressing the fact that ghost might not be in the long-term plans and you know chuck fletcher spoke to the media and pointed out all of his defensemen playing well except ghost quick caveat ghost wasn't playing well (laughs) like this is not like oh you gotta say all the kids on the team are good or else they'll be sad no ghost was not playing well and then um, let's talk about Ghost Week, shall we? Because he had a bad game against Pittsburgh. He had a notably bad game against Pittsburgh, but he it was notable because he was present. He was in plays. He was involved in plays. Whereas most of the season, he's been invisible. Insert you know invisible ghost joke here. But most season he <laughs> is he he's been passive. He's been out of the play. He has not been a, a real factor in any positive, proactive way. In the Penguins game, he was in on these plays. He was in the slot where he would normally be. He was taking the bad shot. He was making the wrong pass. He was making a bunch of poor decisions, but he was far more aggressive. And that gave me hope. And in the Minnesota game, it was the same sort of thing, but to a lesser extent the, the decisions weren't as egregious. And in the first Detroit game, he looked great. He looked great. It was like, hey, Ghost might be coming back here. And then people were like, oh, Gordon, you know, commented, uh, you know, he have having to be reliable in his own zone and Ghost saying, oh, uh, a good defense is a good offense and I'm kind of offensive player. I know the game I have to play. He put me in the position to play it which might be the most telling thing. Um, and it's not the sec- first time he spoke out against the coaching staff, you know, kind of wanting him to be more conservative, but then all of a sudden it's trade ghost, get ghost out of town, which I think is a horrible idea unless the returns. Great.
2: I keep hearing this, uh, when this topic comes up or seeing this, this kind of, ma- I don't know if you want to call it an axiom, but, uh, the, basically, the 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 idea being that the team that trades the defenseman in any uh, any part of a trade is the team that lost the trade. Um, I guess it kind of is saying that defensemen or quality defensemen are uh, such a commodity that if if you're trading one away, that you're probably on the losing end of a deal.
1: Well, I'm sure Paul Holmgren agreed with you when he traded JVR for uh, Luke Shen. But uh, strangely enough, that was like the the quintessential like example in Flyers history. Yeah, but um I, I think that a um an elite defenseman is is harder to groom than a, you know, above average very good winger or yeah, we'll say winger, not centerman. But I I think uh, unless there's some serious attitude problem about ghosts I'm just not aware of that has only ever popped up like twice. I don't know why you would move him when his the value of him is so low. Last season he was finished tenth in Norris' uh you know best defenseman voting. He had a great season last year. He had a great season his rookie year, and his sophomore slump year wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty decent. You know, he was putting up points at a pretty good rate. So to give up on him is a horrible idea now if you can trade him along with somebody else and a few prospects and a few draft picks to Toronto for Mitch Marner well then sign me up yeah but you know,
2: I don't think that that's likely right
1: well uh, Toronto's going to be in a salary cap crunch coming up but I, I don't think it's likely let me, let me just put it out there I, I don't think that's likely but if you have a position where somebody needs to move on from an offensive player and they need defense, you can make a real, you know, a, a quote unquote hockey trade where this isn't give me your player with the expiring contract here, take this person with a large cap hit. If you can go, here's my valuable defensive asset for your valuable offensive asset. Then I think, yeah, you can trade ghosts, but I don't know. I, I've been high on ghosts for a while. I think worst case scenario, he is Mike green, which I I'm beginning to think, I don't know. I don't know how much stock you put in the, the current frustration with him, but it sounds as if the organization sees him as just Mike green 2.0, which is high offensive upside, not much else. But last season, and his college career and his world junior career showed me that he's a complete player. Um, so I, I think he aligns much more in the Eric Carlson mold than the Mike Green mold, and I would not be quick to move on from him. So one more thing on the
2: on the Flyers' trade deadline, I think we, there's one more big decision that maybe people are still wondering about, is what's going to happen to Wayne Simmons? At this point, I feel like if we were out of it, there would be a lot of teams, maybe in a, in a similar boat that we are, like a 6-seed, a 7-seed, that would really benefit from a player like Wayne Simmons in a playoff run, uh, even as a rental, because he's an unrestricted free agent, I think, at the end of the year, if, I, if I've got That's that right. Yep. Um, But now that we're in that position where we might be like an 8-seed or a 7-seed, don't we benefit from having a guy like Wayne Simmons on a playoff roster? Does that mean we're no longer interested in moving on from him? Uh, is there even a market for a guy like that where we would get a Return that's worth moving him now. That's not that's better than keeping him on the roster till the end of the season.
1: Yes, he is a highly sought after uh piece at this trade deadline. Uh, with the, I'll throw out this one little asterisk that Bob McKenzie had said. Um, and if you don't know, you know, Bob McKenzie, he um, is a venerable uh, you know, Canadian reporter who is like the go-to guy for, for information um, so much so that I sent him a tweet asking him to cover the Bryce Harper situation. Cause at least we can get reliable information if it's coming from uncle Bob. Um, he had said that the, the return on Simmons had gone down and that it might not be as high as, as what people were hoping for. And I think the hope was a, a number one pick and a high end prospect, which to be honest, I think is kind of high for Wayne Simmons, but if he's going to somebody like the Predators, who have been interested, uh, the Lightning, who've been interested, Winnipeg, who's been interested, Calgary, who I really I've been marrying him to forever, you know their number one pick is going to be pretty low. Uh, Toronto, some people said, so their number one pick is going to be late twenties, and maybe you go a, a middling prospect as opposed to a high end, and I think that's definitely doable. And looking at the week ahead, we're not playing Florida. I, I don't know why I thought that. We're playing Tampa Bay, Montreal, and then, of course, Pittsburgh in the outdoor game. You know, I think we're going to have to win all three games, and a lot of people are to have to lose for us to keep Wayne Simmons. Outside of that, I think the return is going to be too big, and he's just been out there for so long. You hope for a bit of a bidding war. May you get yourself a number one and a second-round pick as well. Is it interesting that he was the one that dropped the gloves today
0: uh, yeah. in defense of the captain?
1: Well, it's not interesting because that's part of what he brings to the team. Like, and my first thought when that happened was, that's something you have to replace. And, you know, as much as people want to make fun of hockey for that, but that's a part of the game. You know, you, you got to defend your players. You got to make sure that somebody well, knows that was you. Like job uh Gudis is not a huge fighter. If it was going to be, you know, lay him out with a huge borderline dirty or borderline clean, probably more likely borderline <laughs> clean, um hit from Gudis, then he is your man. But if it's, you know, somebody to answer the bell, the really only true fighter we have is Simmons. You know, Gudis has fought, you know, I mean Giroux fought, but You know, Simmer is the guy he PK Subban said on 24 seven or whatever it was called of the, you know, behind the scenes thing to the, the winter classic, the classic phrase, you cannot fight Wayne Simmons. Like you said, it was a random game. as flyers. You forget who it was. They wanted to start a thing. And he's like, you can't fight Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is lanky and mean as hell. (laughs) that's hard to replace and man I love him he's a forever flyer but dude should get paid next season more than he's worth because he's been undervalued for so long I, I think it's just time to cut bait and then you hope you hope somebody like a Sam Moran would come on this team and and step up when need be we have Tyrell Goldborn down with the Phantoms but yeah I think it's just Simmons time to is, move on from summer he's such a throwback player he he
2: he he plays a game that so few guys play anymore and he he's so good at it i think is 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 part of the reason why he's eventually going to finally get get paid is i think that there's there's very few teams that quite know how to to use him but if you if you have a guy like that on 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 your team then you kind of play to his strengths and and that's what we've been doing with him for years
1: yeah and I think he has really shown, you know, that uh, power play specialist and, you know, the the sandpaper to your silk, you know, if you take a team that you go, you know, we have a lot of offensive talent, but nobody's afraid of us. Nobody's afraid to go in the corners. Nobody's going to get in the front of the net and get dirty. Well, you bring on Wayne Simmons and you got that guy. If you feel like you have a locker room problem, the team doesn't have enough, you know, quote-unquote heart you know that they're not going hard enough. You know, in any given game, you bring in Wayne Simmons, and you've solved that problem. So he's going to get overpaid, and for his sake, I hope he does. Um, but for our sake, I hope we're not the ones who do it. And I, I don't think we are. I think I think this you know chapter has come to an end. If we win all three games, uh, maybe we keep him as an internal rental. But I think they the trademark is just too high for him. You know, another guy on the team is uh, Michael Roffel, um, UFA. I, I think he might stay around just because the return might not be that big. You know, I, yeah, like I mean,
0: him. if if if, if no, I don't care about this, like if Simmons is going to walk at the end, end of the year, uh, then you have to you have to try to get something for him. I mean, we are not you're not making a run at the cup this year so it's you have to get value for it. you absolutely have to you cannot let a player like that walk
2: yeah if he's worth a, a first round pick if that's all you get back even if it's in the 20s i feel like you know if you can get two first round picks out of this next draft that's a that's definitely value especially if you're not going to end up getting you know if you're going to be like a 10 you know 10 to 20 you know pick yourself you know to have have two picks in the top 50 that's that's pretty
0: solid um last thing on the flyers uh gritty shows up on
1: jeopardy as a jeopardy question <laughs> <laughs> it was a little random yeah yeah it showed up on uh jeopardy as a member of the philly flyers i know that that rubbed you the wrong uh, way dave it just
0: sounds so strange but then yeah. i started to put it with like other teams like i said like philly eagles and like philly phillies <laughs> it all equally sounds awful yeah
1: yeah no i i agree it's 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 it doesn't make much sense but yeah gritty has been on jeopardy um i watched samantha b's show for the first time in forever and gritty was on that you know gritty has been all over late night all over daytime gritty has been everywhere i mean the
0: fanatic legitimately needs to be concerned I, I think
1: so. I really do think like he's, the,
0: the Fanatic... Fnatic is much more accessible only because, you know, it's like more games, mm-hmm. cheaper tickets, mm-hmm. it's more longer season. Yeah, and, you it, know, it's just a little bit more accessible.
1: A lot and more daytime games.
0: And the Fnatic's a little bit more kid friendly. You kind of have to have sort of like a sinister sense of humor to really embrace gritty.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a certain ironic love of gritty but i think uh, like nationwide but i think in the city we just love him for being like that's gritty he's a bastard man (laughs) and you know once he got the breathalyzer in the car he doesn't get any duis anymore so i mean he's really turned his life around and you know we love us some gritty whereas the fanatics like i've never gotten a dui and it's like yeah all right fine like Oh look at Mr. Holy fanatic over there! Uh, he yeah, only gets him yeah, in
2: Clearwater. That's that's the thing. <laughs> the, the the thing that I feel like if you think about gritty in terms of do we do we remember the way that Prism used to have its lineup on Saturdays back in the day? You know, Saturdays during the day you'd have you know you'd have you'd have sports you'd have family movies, but then about eleven thirty at night,
0: <laughs> that's gritty time. It's
2: gritty time, baby. <laughs>
0: That's when things get gritty. That's
2: when things get
0: gritty. <laughs> all right. You got an episode title there. Yep. Um All right. Let's talk about Sixers uh real quick. I want to start with the Markel Fultz uh comments this week. Um you guys you guys hip on those those blurbs.
2: I if I I think what you're referring to is I guess like in his introductory um presser he he said something to the effect of it's nice to play for a coach that wants to coach me and not just tell me what I want to hear yeah
0: i, think I don't know said, if i've got
2: the direct quote but yeah
0: the quote is i think it just excites me to know that i have coaches that are going to push you to be better and not just tell you what you want to hear so from that aspect that made me even more excited um sh- shots fired well here's my
2: here's my take the the Sixers acquire Jimmy Butler. Clearly Jimmy Butler is somebody who's going to be pushing all kinds of people to be better players. What happens immediately after Jimmy Butler comes into this team? Markel Fultz goes to California. So, uh, like my, my, I don't know what was happening beforehand. I don't know it, it from basically from the day he showed up in Camden, he was saying like I've rebuilt my shot, I've got my own people. So, When did he ever come in with this attitude into Sixers camp of, I want to be taught, I want to learn, I want to absorb what it means to be a Sixer? I feel like from literally day one, he was not in any kind of a headspace or or any kind of an attitude space to want
1: to learn what Brett Brett Brown was teaching. This dude – go ahead, Chuck. It's a funny kind of statement to be like, you know what? I need tough love. You know, you can't just give me honest criticism. I need somebody to really push me around. <laughs> like, you know, they tell you what you want to hear. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to yeah, say. I'm so
0: this because, you know, I, and I think we've even brought it up on this podcast before that, you know, this is uncharacteristically Philadelphia uh, to be as supportive of him as this fan base was, to – uh, cheer every shot to cheer every free throw made to uh, just really try to build this kid up and want him to succeed Uh, with everything that we had um, it was just kind of like on un- like we didn't get down on him at any time now over the two years and I you know if he says he's hurt you know the, the team let him go to whatever doctors he wanted to let him take whatever time you know he thinks he needed but damn him if he thinks now now he's gonna change course and say well what they should have made me play or um i don't even know what that means and now the mom ebony faults comes out and says refreshing to hear the positivity are you fucking serious it's refreshing to hear the positivity the support that they have for the players and the fact that they're constantly saying we want to do this the right way. You have got I'm I'm I'm, I'm beside myself that this comes out of the faults camp. I cannot wait until this dude comes back to Philly because he's going to hear boos and jeers that he's never heard in his life. And you know, he's going to be down there in obscurity in Orlando doing God knows what, doing jerky or ass free throws and Going to see weird specialists and and having strange illnesses that don't make any sense. But when he comes to Philly and he takes the court, we better boo him every second he has the ball. And you want to feel pressure at a free throw line? Wait till there's a a Wendy's Frosty on the line for the fans. That
1: place goes nuts. (laughs) I completely agree, too. It's like it it reminds me so much of the uh, Vikings fans like challenging us. Oh, they think they're so tough. They think they're so tough. And then we give the Vikings like a moderately hard time. They're like, oh, they're so mean. Now, like, Fultz is like, they didn't support me. They didn't support me. I was like, we we were like nice to you. Like, we were related to you, kid. You want to see mean? We'll show you mean. (laughs) <laughs> like like your x-rays are going to be held up like when you're at the free throw line it's going to be like point to the injury you know
0: Ugh. I remember two years ago I was on vacation uh in Florida and I got the news that Fultz was going to start uh it was gonna, it was basically his first game back that night from his injury from like earlier in his rookie season and I, I just remember like tweeting out you know there better not be anyone booing this kid at any point tonight like we need to show like 100 support um and just oh man it's just he's a he's a kid his mom's a kid his whole camp is a bunch of kids it's amateur hour over there i'm so glad he's gone i want nothing but the worst for him and uh, i hope nothing but failure uh in his life moving forward is that taking it too far
2: Uh, do you mean did you you cross a line somewhere yes no no i don't think so what (laughs) what i wish kind of in hindsight is at the beginning of the year that jj reddick had gotten on his podcast and ripped him for taking his his minutes because jj reddick has carried this team and won games for this team markel fultz once had a double double that like that's his resume (laughs) he one time had a double double uh, and jj reddick has has won games for this sixers team
0: over and over again uh so I don't. Oh my know. God, how far out of our way have we gone to uh, coddle the fragile Markel Fultz? We were, st- who has we were done. Has done nothing. Did nothing in college. Will never do anything in the NBA.
2: He even went to a college program, like oh, I guess almost specifically, so that he wouldn't have the pressure of having to compete. Like in meaningful games, he went to University of Washington, and from what I heard, the rumor was he didn't want to go to he was recruited from everywhere, but wanted to go to a school
0: that was less competitive uh, it's It's insane the coward the dude he's a coward. He doesn't have killer instinct. Now he's going to be on a team that no one gives a damn if they ever make the playoffs uh, and and you want to talk about a no pressure situation. Congratulations, you found it. I'm not really sure that there's another team that has less pressure to win. The Memphis Grizzlies.
1: Fair. (laughs) I was going to go Sacramento Kings.
0: They're actually not playing bad. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all right. And we want them to do well. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is hot on the heels of my penalty box. Magic Johnson, like the very next day, (laughs) he was listening. I'm telling you, he was listening. It's this nonsense with Ben Simmons. That's a creepy organization. The Lakers. They're like creepers.
2: I still I still my favorite thing in maybe the last 6 weeks is 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 how much play that that situation with LeBron by himself at the end of the bench has been and how many times I've said you could have come here and I'm so glad that you didn't and and ruin our nice thing. I'm so glad right. that you didn't come here and spoil our nice our my, our nice party with your stupid attitude.
0: I but I'm, I I like this whole week I felt like Ben Simmons is uh like my teenage daughter or something and magic johnson is just this like lecherous old man at the end of the bar like stop staring at my family over here like hang out with your own family wife whatever i'm not really sure that i like where i started to go
1: now <laughs> so right, all of a, a sudden we're on being... episode to catch a predator with magic johnson <laughs> brett
2: brown's like magic i made you some cookies and some lemonade why don't you have a seat
1: <laughs> that, that boston accent too is like much more <laughs> intimidating it's like <laughs> magic coming in all sheepish <laughs> yeah, sit down. We have your
2: chat log magic. You thought you were oh. talking to a free agent.
1: Oh. So the Would, other thing I wanted—wouldn't do... surprise you if you heard she had three more years on a contract. So... <laughs> Too good. Too good. The uh, the other thing I don't know if this is
2: apocryphal, but I want to I want to believe that this story is true. Is uh. I guess probably maybe like the, the game after the Laker game, be, before the game started, there were some reporters in the locker room, and all of a sudden Ben Simmons is on, is on his cell phone, and he turns and looks directly at one of the reporters and is like, I don't know, wh- I don't know who gave him this number, but Magic Johnson keeps calling me. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I love the idea that now Ben Simmons has like steered into this and is now kind of like jumping on the let's bust on Magic's chops Bandwagon.
0: Yeah. So do you think that this, uh, all right, where are you on percentage that this was totally innocent, legitimately Ben Simmons on his own, wants to learn from a Hall of Fame, you know, big point guard uh, versus there's some sort of collusion, player tampering going on? This is my my, how I think probably this
2: went down. Clearly everybody knows each other and there is it's not unknown that Ben Simmons and LeBron James are friendly. I think at some point they they cross paths Ben and, and Magic. I don't know if it's a, it's a, a, over the phone or, or or most likely they probably run into each other in some event. Ben spends time in California that's where his girlfriend is. So what I think is probably in some sort of like hey, you're Magic Johnson. I'd love to, you know, just talk ball with you or something like that. Innocently enough, because Ben is a guy in his 20s and, you know, probably wants to know what what, what kind of how to improve his game. But I, I don't think there's any kind of idea that Ben was like, I'm going to talk to Magic, I'm going to butter him up, and then as soon as I can get out of Philadelphia, I can go right to the Lakers. Because I just don't, I don't, by the time Ben Simmons' contract is even up, I, I think that, The LeBron era may be over in LA. It may be over sooner, you know, sooner rather than later, the way things are going.
1: See, see, I think, I think it is more sinister, and I think it's coming from Magic and maybe LeBron, and you know, yeah, Ben Simmons does have these LA connections, and I think it's just laying the groundwork, you know, especially you know we've seen in the past in the NBA where they go, hey, everybody's going to give you the same money you know what's the real difference maker it's going to be your lifestyle it's going to be hey look at all these great things LA has and you can come out here and you know live the celebrity lifestyle and hang out and lebron's here and you know he made the transition over to LA I, so i i i think you know davy said what percentage chance i'm i'm saying it's 70% chance that this was trying to lay the groundwork for when he became a free agent or you know you know giving him the idea that the the Lakers were the place to go for him because how intriguing yeah magic johnson is a name but what would you say ben simmons is 25
2: no he's younger yeah. than that he's like okay. 20, he's
1: like 22 <clears throat> 22 for his entire life magic johnson hasn't been a good player like he's been out of the league his whole life right <laughs> or 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 the majority of it i think the whole so, time you know, like to go, well, Magic's a legend because my dad used to play his video game. I'm like, if Ben Simmons did not grow up in Australia going like, oi, I want to be like Magic Johnson.
0: <laughs> ben Simmons didn't oh grow God,
2: up in Australia yes. saying that at all. <laughs> all
0: right, well, I got to say, I appreciate Elton Brand just coming in there and saying like, yeah, no, this ain't, isn't going to happen. Because like, there was this the potential for this whole... um everyone's standing on ceremony. It's like magic Johnson playing the, Hey, you know, if the Sixers let it, you know, allow it, I'd be happy to, you know, so, so he's basically setting it up for the Sixers to look like the bad guy. Um, you know, and then there was like the, the option of potentially the Sixers asking the league if it's okay. And then maybe try to make that, but Elton brand just came in and said, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen. Like stay away from, stay away from our players, which I appreciate. Because we need Ben Simmons to be a Sixer for life, right? Exactly. <clears throat> um, I got another. I got another interesting Joel Embiid quote uh, from uh, the All Star game this uh, this week. He said, "I block shots because I'm 6'11", I guess. <laughs> 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 just putting it out there. Uh, the All Star game just ended.
2: Did it cross? Did either team break 200?
0: No. The second half actually um, turned into a pretty, like, normal – at least the LeBron team played uh, some decent because the, uh, the Giannis team – the Giannis team uh, only scored, like, 30 points, 30-some points in the third and fourth quarter. So uh, Le- the team LeBron won 178 to 164. So – Total 342 points. The 350 over under. You needed to take the under on that. That's all I have from the All Star game. Our players did not do particularly great. Well, Ben went five for five. From three? <laughs> <laughs> no ass. <laughs> five for five. Pretty sure they were all dunks. Uh, 10 points. And then uh, Embiid went four for 12 for 10 points. Oh, for, for three from three point land. Which, you're on a team with Steph Curry. Why is Joel Embiid taking threes?
2: That's just Joel being Joel, man. If, he, if he's got an open look, he's going to take it.
0: All right. just um, before we take it up to the penalty box. Yeah, let's go to the penalty
1: box. All right. Uh, this week, we will start with you, Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box? All right, so my penalty box is going to be
2: this new breed of uh, journalists. I think it was the, the the YouTube faction of ESPN that came out with this revisionist idea that the Bobby Bonilla uh, – Getting a million dollars, basically for the for 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 fifteen years deferment of payment, was a good move for the Mets. Uh, all of this apologist nonsense that it was a good idea for the Mets to still be paying Bobby Bonilla now—that uh, is—that is just crap. That is Mets New York spinsters getting that kind of garbage out in the universe. Under no circumstances was paying Bobby Bonilla, who was a garbage player at the time, paying him well into uh, three decades later... Uh, with this deferment plan is was gonna ever gonna work out well for them? They come up with all this crap about well, you know, look at all these other players that got deferred payments, like Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, well, nobody was gonna be belly aching about the fact that Wayne Gretzky was still making money because you know what Wayne Gretzky's nickname is the Great One. You know what Bobby Benilla's nickname is? Not great at all. <laughs> so ESPN, if that's you or your 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 new media beat people that are that that put up these garbage videos on the internet. Bobby Bonilla day is always going to be celebrated by me because it makes the Mets look stupid. So anybody that, said that otherwise get the penalty box.
1: All right, Gene taking ESPN and New Media to task. It's a 2-minute penalty that's going to be served 10 seconds a year for the foreseeable future. Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box? Okay, in my penalty box, I'm putting John Collins of the
0: Atlanta Hawks. Um, he appeared in the dunk contest on Saturday night, and uh, for, his, uh, for his round two dunk, he brought out a scale model uh, airplane uh, replica of the Wright brothers' airplane because the game is in North Carolina, um, and he was going to jump over. This model airplane, um, which was encircled by uh, men dressed as Tuskegee Airmen um, for some reason, which isn't quite relevant to the Kitty Hawk plane. He was also wearing a like Snoopy scarf um, and aviation goggles. Um, and then w- during his dunk, he uh, destroyed part of the replica plane, so it just didn't really... <laughs> It was very, very elaborate, and it just felt like it was over the top and then poorly executed
1: at the end. Oh, boy. So, John (laughs) Collins, for mixing your metaphors (laughs) and poor execution in doing so, you're getting only a minor, but it's mostly out of pity. Do better next time. Do better next time. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? Thank you, Dave. Well, I kind of did my actual penalty box earlier in the show, so I'm going to go with my backup, and has to be one of our favorite topics here at Potadelphia, uh, sports and fashion. It is the NHL's trend of releasing jerseys super late this year. The mm-hmm. The Stadium Series jerseys, uh, Stadium Series coming up on the 23rd, were revealed on Facebook February 1st so everyone had that big Valentine's Day gift giving holiday in there to get your you know $250 authentic jersey for the game you had three weeks to save up for it that's such a short turnaround time why the hell did you do that on that same note Toronto um are going to have um St. Pat's jerseys you know to pay tribute to the you know Uh, Legacy of the Toronto St. Pat's They're going to wear them for St. Patrick's Day It is late February It's February 17th As we record this Less than a month away They haven't been revealed yet They've been leaked But they're not available for sale NHL, get your head out of the ass Sell the things people want You're going to double minor for missed marketing opportunity
0: I like that Get the head out of the ass
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's objective. Get one's head out of one's ass. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Don't want to get too informal with your chastising. (laughs) All right.
0: That's all the time we have for today, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're going to be back again uh, next Monday. Uh, But in the meantime, please remember to uh, follow us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, review the show on itunes it helps other people find the show uh and also follow us on social media twitter facebook instagram just search at Podadelphia. if you have some extra time in the week be sure to download the whip around podcast our sister podcast i'm gonna be on this week and we're doing a what made dave angry um and you're gonna love it so uh until we uh until we speak again Uh, Have a great day at work, everybody, unless you're off for President's Day and then enjoy the Bryce Harper press conference.